Welcome to Chromecast Tech It Out, hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Welcome to Chromecast Tech It Out. I'm Sam Major, Commercial Director for Chrome Technologies, and I'm joined today by Paul Edwards, Senior Technical Consultant. We're here to talk about how to effectively secure your wireless network and some of the best practices that we'd recommend when looking at either new deployments or, or I guess, refitting or, or renovating someone's legacy uh, corporate Wi-Fi. Yes. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. So I've seen you know, today's, I guess, evolving working environment, kind of not so post-pandemic, uh, it still rolls on to a certain extent, but the way we've worked has fundamentally changed. It's not going to go back to how it was before. And we are now very much reliant on, on wireless networking for the way we work be it in an office from home could be in a coffee shop somewhere and i love a bit of free wi-fi but some of the things you've told me kind of off camera make me think about how i'm using that and some of my behaviors how i should be using it moving forward so it'd be great if you could tell our audience today you know we've obviously helped people uh, many years now working on wi-fi installations but and we've picked up some good knowledge it's a good knowledge base i like to think so it'd be good to get from you kind of the key um concerns or, or considerations that you give when looking at a wireless network deployment. And we can do this from two angles. It could be you know, the, the clean slate, how we do it from brand new, but most instances we see are kind of an evolution of, of someone's Wi-Fi network. So things we look for then and improvements that could be made, considerations people can think of. So as, as the more learned person in the room, I'll kind of chuck it to you and feel free just to rattle through some of the considerations you'd, you'd have. Okay, so traditionally uh, many businesses have used um, credential-based Wi-Fi authentication, very similar to a, exactly the same as a home network. Um, you put in a password, you connect to a, to a network, it's very simple, um, and, it, and it works in a, in a home environment, but it's not really suitable for a, a business environment uh, where you need to secure data. Uh, a file is, is that where I've been in this business before? And to be honest, we used to be one of them, where you'd see kind of the, the guest Wi-Fi password by the coffee machine or on a... A pin board or something, right? Exactly that. So, yeah. um, using that for your, your production environment is, is not really ideal. <laughs> yeah. um, a far more secure way of setting up uh, wireless access is using certificate-based uh, authentication. Uh, a, a lot of businesses will already have a, a Windows Server estate, mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's very uh, straightforward then to deploy a, uh, a certificate authority, a Windows certificate authority that integrates with Active Directory uh, to issue certificates to end users and end mm -hmm. user devices uh, to use for authentication, a whole host of other things as well. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, Wi-Fi authentication today. Okay, so that sounds quite interesting, but how does... Uh, and again, this is for, obviously for a technical audience. That sounds great, but how does someone actually go about implementing that and, I guess, securing it, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, so once a, an enterprise a certificate authority has been uh, deployed, it's a, it's a Windows Server role uh, and configured. Um, it will require a, what's known as a Network Policy Server or NPS yeah. Server. Mm -hmm. uh, this will act as a, a RADIUS server, uh, allowing RADIUS clients, such as access points, uh, to uh, connect and to authenticate users and devices uh, against your, your Active Directory domain, mm -hmm. against their, uh, using their certificate. Okay, quick question on that one then. You were talking about different devices and whatnot. That's not just used for Wi-Fi technology, that certificate technology, or am I misunderstanding that? You can use it for, for Wi-Fi authentication. You can also use it for wired authentication. It's 802.1x, um, essentially. So uh, you can use it for, for wired authentication. You can use it for uh, VPNs, mm -hmm. um, signing documents. You can use it, once it's deployed, you can use it for a, a whole host of things. Okay, so that would stop the, the, the Luddite like me popping into someone's office and grabbing an RJ45 connection and, and trying to get a connection to something. Exactly that. Cool, okay. So this is, and again, I'm not a Wi-Fi, I don't say expert, I'm not a knowledgeable on Wi-Fi, I know what it does, 
data in the air moving around, brilliant. Um, but the, the security side of it, again, we, we talked off camera and some of the, the mistakes I've made in the past, you think, okay, I should pay more attention to this stuff, especially given what I do. Um, but we talked about you know, PK, PKI certificates and so on. Yep. So again, I've heard of it, but I didn't know what it stood for. Uh, and it'd be great, again, if you could just give us a bit more insight and information on that. So PKI or, or public key infrastructure is a way of, of managing, uh, controlling, uh, revoking when they're no longer required certificates on a, uh, on a, on a network, on a, uh, we're talking about Windows, uh, on an Active Directory domain as well. Uh, so if you've got a device that's lost, mm -hmm. stolen, uh, you need to prevent that from connecting to your network revoke the certificate, you don't need to change any passwords, you don't have to get all the other users to update their Wi-Fi yeah. uh, password, it, stop, it stops connecting. So we've talked about kind of secure passwords before and a lot of this same kind of information, it's human behaviours and whatnot, you remove, well, having not having to make people update passwords, reissue passwords, etc. we stop the post-it note on the bottom of the screen yep. for a start, but I guess from a management perspective, especially if you've got a larger enterprise with JML process and all that sort of stuff, you know, a person needs, you haven't got to take a whole OU and go, everyone's got a new password to do. It's, it's granular in its, in its approach. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and also from a, a burden on the help desk perspective, there's no passwords, Wi-Fi passwords to, to give out to users. There's no passwords to change. Um, devices just connect. Um, they also, because the users don't know the password, don't have the password, uh, they can't share it either with uh, other users in the business um, or with you know, their family if they live close by uh, or, or you know, other devices, they may own personal devices, for example, they can't use that uh, to get onto the uh, production internal network for any non-corporate device. Okay, so that's an interesting point about um, uh, own devices and so on. We saw that, especially beginning in the pandemic, where everyone kind of grabbed any device they could to try and work. Uh, and we certainly saw customers having to deal with this proliferation of, of, of home devices. And that, let me discuss this, it brings its own concerns around security and whatnot. Um, and be interested in, in you know, your thoughts, your approach, how we protect our environment, customer environments, etc. Um, from people using this non-networked approved, or what the correct terminology is, uh, devices, and I guess how we configure um, our and our clients' wireless networks to protect against, not an erroneous device, because someone's not doing it on purpose, someone's using what they can, but how we kind of give access to what they can have and then protect the, the crown jewels, what they shouldn't be accessing. Yeah, you really need to keep those those users, um, visitors as well, um, off the, the internal uh, production network, um, keep them isolated onto a, uh, a guest network or a staff network mm -hmm. um, that doesn't have access to. So when I when I look at my Wi-Fi, find a Wi-Fi network, and not yeah. I do because I just connect it to the prod. But if you look for it, we've got a, a guest and a staff and a prod and so on. So, what's the difference in, in what I can and can't do on those? Some are visitors of the business. What I can and can't do, and what we've done to actually set up each one of those so that it is, I guess, segregated or protected. So we have our, our production network that's used for. Um, Chrome laptops, Chrome devices. So they need to have a certificate on them to uh, to connect to that Wi-Fi. Um, your issue with the laptop, it just connects. Uh, there's no there's no passwords involved. So uh, that's secured and that provides access to our, uh, I guess, the the, the most uh, critical resources, file mm -hmm. servers, yeah. things like that. It still goes through a firewall. They're still scanning on that traffic, yeah. um, but it, it allows access to the the core of the network. Really, I'll tell you how smooth that is as well. When we imprinted that. I didn't even realise. I didn't realise we started talking these conversations. I didn't actually have to put password anymore to, to click to a wireless network. It just happens. So I guess if you haven't done that as a business, you should because it's actually brilliant from a user perspective. Yeah. Because okay, so that's our prod, and then we've got we've got 
We've got staff and we've got guest, have we not? We've got staff and we've got guest. So for staff, it's it's isolated from our production network. You can only get to the internet. Um, it still goes through a firewall, still scanned, um, still got some controls on URL filtering, um, but it's it's very much um, internet only. There is no other access to internal uh, resources, internal servers. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a uh, visitors or a guest network, uh, which is a uh, that does use password-based authentication with visitors. You can't really have control over their devices to put a certificate on there. Yeah. You have to use a password, um, but that password be rotated periodically, yeah. uh, and it's again only allows access to the uh, the internet. There's no yeah. other access there. It's all uh, is that going? Is that straight out? Is that via a firewall still? All goes through a firewall. Uh, it's got slightly different uh, traffic control measures. There's some things we can't do with guest uh, traffic uh, where we don't have control of their devices, uh, but it's still scanned. It still offers very similar protection, um, but it's just there's no access to our to our internal resources there. Okay. So then, and obviously I've talked before about how I've, I've been guilty of just jumping on someone's free Wi-Fi before because it's there. Um, now, do I assume that that goes through some sort of firewall and I'm offered... And it will be we offer that to our guests, right? Surely everyone does. Um, or that I'm in the wild, wild west and I'm at risk and should know better. <laughs> a lot of websites uh, will use uh, SSL, HTTPS. Yeah. Uh, you'll see it in the in the address bar um, to encrypt the data between your laptop and the uh, the website you're visiting. So as long as you've got a padlock and a, some some address uh, bars are I always pay attention. To that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the browser are pretty good. They'll they'll flag sites now as yeah. it's not secure. Um, so that does encrypt traffic. However, you really need to be using a VPN to secure that that traffic. Um, if you use a full tunnel VPN, all your internet traffic will go back to your uh, corporate firewall. You can protect it with the same URL filtering policies, the same. Uh, scanning uh, ability. If you've got a layer seven firewall, uh, you'll be able to to protect that traffic and your device a lot better, so that when they come back to the office, uh, you know there's nothing on there that, that shouldn't be. Which is why we have a mandatory VPN connection. So if I do happen to be in a coffee shop around the road hijacking their free Wi-Fi, I'm protected from doing any damage. Absolutely, <laughs> all the traffic is encrypted. Um, Brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's good to know. Um, okay, so there's some good points on um, kind of what we've done around segregation, the VLANs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Working in the wild, wild west, and then how we protect that. I guess some of the, the other scenarios that we see when talking to our customers will be, and we have seen a fair bit. This, to be honest with you, that kind of lovely greenfield come and help me with my Wi-Fi and then the, the evolution I've got lovely very heavy bricked building and my Wi-Fi is not working very well kind of key considerations I guess when looking at both we'll start with Greenfield what do we do how do we do that how do we make sure a Wi-Fi implementation is successful and I guess the more trickier one is always the kind of um, listed buildings and whatnot with thick walls that we have to sometimes deal with but should we start with Greenfield? Yeah uh, so there is a, a Wi-Fi planning uh, tool that we can we can use to um, gauge where to place access points um, physically uh, they should be kind of out of reach from of users from a, a security point of view as well um, less chance of them unplugging things yeah. plugging in their own devices so the, the the more you can hide them within reason the better yeah. placing them and the type of access point some are high density ones mm -hmm. they'll support um, a load of users uh, concurrently uh, so it's really sizing the correct access point, also the location of the access point and yeah. the numbers. That's quite an interesting point, actually, the, the physical location. Because I have, I do know people that have tried to jam cables into Wi-Fi's and whatnot. We do see it, but that's obviously if you leave them out. Now you can't see them around our office because you've done the clever thing and buried them in the ceiling and whatnot, which is which is quite common. But that makes you think about there's. I've never really thought about that, but there's obviously a method to the madness around where we put these things in our office, but 
you know, how do you how do you work out? I guess you mentioned different APs before as well. So, these different flavors, different strengths, and whatnot. So, how do you work out? You know, what is the most suitable AP for, for our use for our clients' use? I guess what are the different variables, and, and how do you make sure we have them in the right place? It, com- it comes down really to the the models offered by that vendor and, and picking one that's appropriate to their their use case. Um, we've we've gone into to offices and seen access points kind of hidden away in a corner, which is really not the ideal place to to have it uh, in a corner on the floor. A user can easily unplug it, um, and from a signal strength point of view, it's not great either. Um, somewhere central in the ceiling is mm-hmm. ideal. Users can't get to them, well, at least not easily. And uh, <laughs> pretty determined. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you don't have them, you know, unplugging them, uh, restarting them at, at will. Yeah. Uh, so from a security point. It's great from a signal strength is even better because it's central mm-hmm. and it's somewhere that can can reach um, the, the most area with that that single AP uh, where you've got to deploy multiple APs uh, positioning and, and signal strength uh, does come into it. That was interesting. You talk about signal strength um, again. Turned me off camera trying to educate me slightly, but I, I always thought it's just best to have as many APs as you can, all blasting out a signal, and that's got. You know, obviously saturation has got to be the best way of doing it, but I'm clearly wrong. Not always, <laughs> no. Uh, you can have too much and they can get to a point where they start to interfere with each other uh, and they start to kind of negatively interact and, and actually you end up in a worse state um, yeah. by having more AP. So switching them off, dialing down the signal strength can actually give you a better uh, better overall coverage because um, yeah. each AP will uh, better cover its own area. I've seen that in some of the, the wireless mapping assessments where we do, where we kind of plot out how it is and then how it could be. Uh, it's quite interesting. I've always, as I said, I thought just seeing it splurge with Wi-Fi signal would be the best, but actually how, how you guys work that all out is actually really interesting, especially when you see uh, some of the older buildings we've worked with where people think they've got it right and they actually walk around the wand and see it's not so good. And how you guys actually map it to work is, is, is actually very interesting. So, and, and there's been some very interesting points on this whole topic, but it'd be good um, before we wrap up, if you could, you know, for our audience, I guess, top things that you consider when looking at any wireless deployment, when you, you talk to customers, you think these are things we must discuss today. Deploy multiple um, wireless networks, SSIDs, uh, one for your production network, one for uh, your staff to use for personal devices. It's going to happen in any network uh, and, uh, and and one for your visitors as well. So segregate traffic from all of those, place them all on different VLANs and deploy a PKI for your for your internal infrastructure. It's a great way to secure um, your, your corporate devices um, to make sure that they can uh, they are the only ones that are, are authorized or allowed on your, your production network. And then enforce the VPN connection for when your commercial director's working in the coffee shop. Yeah, coffee shop or even a home network uh, course, where you don't yeah. have control over it, you don't have the same corporate policies. Uh, it's really essentially all the same, it's untrusted. Uh, so yeah, deploy a VPN and uh, secure the traffic. Brilliant. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Chromecast. Check it out. Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, comment, and share. If you'd like to cover in future episodes, leave in the comment section below. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk. Spelled K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.